Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. I'm Andy, if we haven't had a chance to meet. Um, I am not preaching today. Um, today, Pastor Laura is going to preach. In just a moment, she's going to come. Yeah. And um, at the same time, Pastor Lisa's preaching downtown. So we've got a lot of girl power today, which is pretty fun. Um, I'll be back next week uh, to preach into a new series. We're starting a new series, and so I'll, I'll apologize ahead of time. I do have to come in and go out because I'm preaching all five next Sunday as we start this new series together, um, and so I apologize. I'm going to try not to do that much. I'm here today. Glad to be here with you, um, but the reason why I wanted to take just a minute is not to steal time from um, Laura, um, but just to appreciate Laura and James. Um, James, thank you so much for leading us today in worship. Um, you know, when God calls you, he also equips you. And I think we're, we're seeing evidence of that, even this morning, that there's a definite call upon the Lyra's life. And um, I just want you to know, I, I said it before, but now you're experiencing it. You're in good hands. And God has a really good, good plan for you. Amen. Um, and we believe that. And so I think what I would ask you to do, just as a, as a picture of solidarity and a commitment, not just to um, what we've had, which has been a great season, but to a new great season, I'm going to invite you to stand as I invite Laura and James back up. And why don't we just appreciate them together? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What an awesome community. Yeah, I, I'm going to ask you just to remain standing for a moment, and, and I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over them, um, and, and can we consider this kind of a commissioning, that God would give, grant them a special anointing for what they've been called to do, and I think with your support, and with your love, and with your prayers, we're going to see God do something incredible through their lives, and through you as a community. Would you agree with me in that? Yeah, so, so let's pray together. Maybe you want to extend your hands. This is kind of what we do. It's just a, a sign of solidarity and blessing. So, Lord, we just pray a blessing in Jesus' name over the Liras. We thank you for Laura and James. We thank you for the call on their life. And we bless them to be leaders in this house, to serve this house in a beautiful way, but also, Lord, to have an anointing and an authority to bring your word to these people, to bring your direction to this great community. And so together, Lord, we agree into what you're doing. We agree, Lord God, that we say yes and amen to the plan of God. We thank you that you have provided great leadership and that you equip the called. And so thank you for that call. And we just bless them for a precious anointing from the Holy Spirit as they minister in this season. And so we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. You can take your seat. And um, Laura, so glad you're here. Glad to be here to hear you preach. Thank you so much, Pastor Andy. Well, good morning, Coastline West Shore. Oh, I like that you are talking and that you're clapping. I am a Pentecostal girl, and I like seeing the spirit move. I'm also Italian, so I talk with my hands, and I'm a little bit passionate about some things, so you will get to know me. But what a privilege and honor and joy it is to be with you guys today. We are so thankful. We've heard 
so many incredible things about this amazing community. And we are just so excited to come alongside and serve you guys and be here with you and just see God move. Yeah, me and James are so excited. We just want to say thank you for your grace. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Um, we're excited to do this together, but I just know that God is a God of big plans. Amen? He really is, and he loves you, and he's for you. He's for you in this season, and he will carry our church through this season of transition. So thank you for being here, and I'm just so excited. Uh, I come with three sweet kiddos. You may see them running around the lobby. One spilled hot chocolate all over his shirt already this morning. Um, Luca, London, and Leo. Luca is seven, London is six, and Leo is three, almost four. And they're so excited to be here. That was a big thing. Um, you know, you, if you're a mom, you know, you think about your kids and how they're going to take change. But we were, we came here two weeks ago and they had so much fun that the following Sunday we're like, okay, we're going to church. And they're like, wait, we're going to West Shore, right? And we're like, no, we're going to go downtown and say goodbye to everyone. And they're like, oh, I wanted to go to West Shore today. So they already love this place so much. You guys also got hot chocolate on tap. So like downtown can cannot compare compete with that. Like hot chocolate on tap, that's all they were talking about. They were so excited. Um, so you'll see them lots. They're they're really fun. My three-year-old is very wild, just, just warning you if something breaks or something. I'm sorry, team. Um, and James and I, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the amazing leaders that have gone before us. So, you know, the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. So we honor Pastor Adam and Pastor Shandy. We love them so much. They're dear people. I'm. We won't cry. There'll be no tears today. I heard tears were flowing last week, so so no, no tears. But we they we're just always so inspired by them, by their heart for Jesus, their obedience to the Lord, to listen to Jesus and do what he says. And so we just bless them as they go. I think they're on their way to Winnipeg right now. Um, so we're just so thankful for them. And we're excited to hear what God is going to do in the middle of Canada, right? In the prairies. He's up to something. And I also want to honor our lead pastors, Pastor Andy and Lisa, who's downtown. Yes. We truly have the best lead pastors. We really, really do. Um, I've had the honor of serving under them for like 18 years. Um, started as a youth leader before I went on staff. And I'm just so thankful for them, for their integrity, for their wisdom, for their love for people. They really love you. And they pray for the West Shore. Pastor Andy has big dreams for the West Shore, dreams that could that scare me a little bit, but he dreams for this community. Like if you talk to him about where he sees the West Shore in five, 10 years, it's incredible. So um, just know that they are for you and that they're thinking of you and they're praying for you and they're leading our church together. And I'm just so, so blessed to have them in my life. So thank you, Pastor Andy, so much. So two weeks ago, Pastor Andy started the series, We Are the Church. So let's hear it. One, two, three. Yes, love it. Um, he shared about the church in Acts 2 when the church started. 3,000 people got saved that day, right, when Peter preached the gospel. It was a talk to, he talked about the intensely devoted church, the proscatario church. They lived in a state of relentless pursuit, 
fully devoted to God, generous and an irresistibly loving church. And that's the kind of church that Jesus is calling us to be in 2024. Amen. And I feel it. This is a generous church, a devoted church, and a loving church. I feel that when I came in the door. Maybe some of you walked in or, you've, or you just started coming this past couple months and you feel that as well. You know, we are the body of Christ. That's what it talks about in Romans 12. The Apostle Paul, he says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So here Paul is reminding us that this is who we are. We are the body of Christ. Under Jesus, we are the body of the Christ. But there are many, many members in this body, you know, and each member belongs to all the others. There's a unity in the body of Christ, right? It's a beautiful picture. We all come together as the body of Christ. But we sometimes find a challenge in this because there are so many. So how do we stay aligned with one person? purpose, one mission. And I'm just so thankful for the Word of God. It, ha- it gives us the priorities. So we're going to talk about those priorities, how we can be the church, what priorities will help keep us aligned and keep us on the same page. And I'm just so thankful for the Word of God. His Word is alive and active. Amen? It's relevant for today. It's an ancient text, but it is God-breathed and relevant for today. And Jesus will speak to you. If you want to hear the voice of God, you read your Bible. He will speak to you through the Word of God. So our main text today is coming out of Hebrews 10, 22, and it says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful." And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you, God, that you are here, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are for this church, God. You love the people in this room, Lord. And we thank you, God, that you will take care of us in this next season, that you are so faithful. That was a scripture I just said. You are so faithful, Lord. So, God, would you speak to your church right now? Will you open our eyes to see you, open our ears to hear your word? We thank you that your word, it goes out and it does exactly what it is accomplished to do, God. So would you bear fruit in us today? We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So passages like the one I just read, get me really fired up because I, if there's one thing about me, I am passionate about the local church. I really am because I wouldn't be who I am without the local church. I'm going to share a bit about my story. You know, I grew up going to Catholic church for the six years of my life. Grew up in a little bit of a rocky environment uh, and my parents had to get divorced. And so after that happened, I think I was six, seven years old, we stopped going to church altogether. And when I was about 10, some neighbors invited me and my brother to a Christian camp up island. And I started just to be introduced to the person of Jesus and started to just to know about him a little bit. But my teenage years, I didn't walk with the Lord. I didn't go to church. I was kind of just doing my own thing. 
and I was 18 years old across the world in London, England, when Jesus started transforming my life. You know, I walked into a local church. Maybe it was like this, a local church with awesome people. And, you know, I walked into this place, and I was like, there's something special about this place. And maybe one of you felt that this morning when you walked in, your, in these doors right over there and were like, there's something special about this place. People, I remember people were so kind. Um, they were so caring. And I remember standing in a worship service and the arms raised all around me and just feeling something. I was like, what is this that I'm feeling? My heart was racing. Maybe you have, you've had that before when someone's preaching. Your heart starts racing. And I knew without a doubt that God was real and he was doing something in my life. So in that moment, I surrendered my life to the Lord. I felt the Holy Spirit. I started, I started getting invested into this local church. I joined a small group. I started serving on team. They were a mobile church as well. We had to meet at 6 a.m. in Tottenham. Court Road in, in like right central London to do our, our um, pack-in and stuff. It was just amazing. So I served on that team. I got baptized that year in a bathtub in East London. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I started leading my small group. I started attending their ministry college night classes. And I felt the calling to be a pastor one day. I felt it there in the local church. You know, Jesus completely transformed my life. That when I came back to Victoria, people didn't even recognize me. Like old teachers didn't even recognize me at all. Um, I had friends who just didn't want to hang out with me anymore. You know, I was transformed by Jesus. And that was the life that I was going to live. I was not going back to my old life. And I know so many of you have made that decision as well. You know, I was planted in a local church and my life was flourishing because of it. And so soon after that, I walked into Coastline Church back when it was GT a long time ago. And I just did the same thing that I did in England. I joined a small group. I started serving. I was a youth leader. And then soon after that, I was uh, an intern there. And then I joined staff. That's where I met James. That's where we dedicated our kids to the Lord there. We are a local church family. We believe in the local church. And over these past 18 years, we have seen God move over and over and over again. My story is one of many. You know, um, we've seen people find freedom. We've seen people find Jesus. We've seen people find friendships, find community, find belonging, finding purpose. You know, that gets me fired up when people are planted in the local church and their faith comes alive. It gets me fired up changed my life and it changes and it's probably changed a lot of your lives and countless others and God isn't done yet we have a city to reach amen we have an island to reach he's not done so we are the church we are the body of Christ so how do we be the church and like I said before we need priorities so the verse that I read was out of Hebrews 10 so the writer of Hebrews he was actually speaking to Hebrew Christians so these people were people who were Jewish and they converted to Christianity and you know at that time it there was a lot of persecution going on against Christians um, and so lots of these believers were starting to revert back to Judaism and the writer was encouraging him you know they they were scared they were lost they were nervous but the writer was saying 
persevere, persevere, remain faithful and hold fast to the faith and teachings. You got to be the church. He was encouraging them in a tough time that you stand your ground and you be the church. And today, these teachings remain true in our coastline DNA. So here's how we can be the church. Number one, we offer Jesus to everyone. And we often say, you know, everyone, you may hear this sometimes, everyone has a next step. But everyone has the same first step, and that is salvation. That is Jesus. We will never, ever, ever stop preaching about Jesus changing lives. We will never stop that, okay, because Jesus is changing lives. And 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God wants all all people to come to know him. So we will preach the good news. Amen. We will do whatever we can to populate, populate heaven and depopulate hell. Amen. He wants salvation for all. And this is what salvation does. It makes you right with God, right? The Bible says all have sinned, right? All have sinned and fallen short. The salvation makes us right with God. You know, it started in the Old Testament with Adam and Eve, the fall. You know that in Genesis. And then over and over and over again, the Israelites had to make a sacrifice to atone for their sin. Because God is holy. He can't be in the presence of sin. And they had to make that sacrifice. A sacrifice had to be made to atone for the sins. And everything kept failing over and over and over again. And then God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be that perfect sacrifice. Jesus gave up his life so that we could have eternal life, so that we could have hope, so that we could have communion with the Father. And Hebrews 10, just before um, the verses I read earlier, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near. So that holy place, you know, the Bible talks about in Matthew 27. It's a beautiful picture. It, show, it, it tells about this curtain that was in the temple that separated the holy of holies from the rest of the temple, that inner room, the most holy place. And the priest that could only go in there once a year, and he had to do all these ritual things before he could enter. But when Jesus died on the cross, it talks about that curtain was torn from top to bottom, showing anyone could be in the presence of God because of Jesus' sacrifice, right? So thank you, Jesus. So that is why we can draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Salvation gives you that assurance of faith and confidence. It removes your guilt. You are cleansed. Your conscience is cleansed. And your past is wiped away. Can we give an amen? And thank you, Jesus. 
So how could we not offer this hope to others, right? How could we keep that secret to ourselves, right? You know what Jesus has done in your life. So church, we are going to be a church where we offer Jesus to everyone. We prioritize people coming to Christ. We will always make an invitation to Jesus from every walk of life. You know, like Emily said, you don't, you don't have to have it all together. You're not going to have all the goodness. God doesn't love you because of how good you are. He loves loves you because of Jesus and he sent his son to die for you. Every walk of life we can see people being transformed by Jesus. And you know, over the years, I um, was the Next Steps pastor for a number of years. So I got to see, hear people's stories all the time. It was such a privilege. Some of you, I've heard your story and it's such a privilege. You know, one time this guy, this story of this man, he was just in the grocery store buying mushrooms. It was a, a normal day for him. He was buying um, mushrooms in the grocery store. And a woman in our church went up to him and started to talk to him about the mushrooms and talked to him, asking him questions. They got talking. She invited him to church after that conversation. He started opening up about his life. And she was like, you need Jesus. Come to my church. So he started watching online. Then he filmed out, filled out a My Decision card. Then he started attending Alpha. Then he got baptized all because someone in a grocery store invited him to church, offered Jesus to him. How incredible is that? So that's why we do what we do. That's why we talk about Jesus. That's why we have our services the way they are. That's why we do Alpha. That's why we do outreach. We want salvation for everybody, right? So number two, we hold on to hope. Hope is so important in the world that we live in. Amen? Hope is the oxygen of the soul. You know, there's a quote that says, you can live three days without water, 40 days without food, but not a moment without hope. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. So hold on to hope, friends, unswervingly. That means unwavering, like not waving to the right or the left. Hold on to the hope that you have in Jesus through every season, through the easy ones and through the hard ones. We are people of hope because just look outside. Just look on your phone. You see a world that needs hope. You see a lost broken, confused world that needs hope. And we are commissioned, friends, to share that hope. You know, I'm always inspired by Pastor Nilo. Some of you may know him. He's our Ignite pastor. He leads an amazing Filipino community. He has so much wisdom. Um, he's just such a wonderful dad, a family guy. But he loves leading people to the Lord. And so he always shares stories about leading people to the Lord. And I'm always so inspired. Just last week on Tuesday at staff meeting, we were sharing stories. And Pastor Nilo is like, oh, yeah, I have one. And everyone laughs because they're all like, oh, yeah, he led someone to the Lord. And he said, you know what? Some These people got my number and they called me to pray for their house and bless their new house and bless all their cars. And he's like, I was going over and I was like, Lord, I don't just want to pray for these material things. Like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, so I went into that house and I preached the gospel and nine people were saved. <laughs> like nine, that's like in the Bible, right? Like when it says like a whole household was saved, nine people. I'm like, oh, Pastor Nilo, that's just incredible. And you may be thinking, okay, he's a pastor. That's his calling. It's his job to share the gospel. But no, no, no. It's all of our jobs. You know, 1 Peter 3.15 says, 
always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared. You know, our stories are powerful, and there is a lie that maybe you have believed where it's like, oh, you know, my story, it's just like I'm a suburban mom. Like, what do I have to give? I was raised in a Christian home. I went to Christian high school. Like, what is so powerful about my story? But that is a lie. Your story is powerful because Jesus is powerful, and he's done something in your life that you can praise God for. He rescued you from death to life. He set your feet on salt solid ground. Your story is powerful. It's going to look different from the person beside you. And that's okay because we need different people to share the word of God and share what he has done. You know, Revelation, it says the enemy will be defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Your story is powerful. Remember that. So when sharing your story, we want to equip you to share your story. You don't have to, you know, write out a five-page testimony and be like, I was born in 19 63 and then somebody invited me to church you you know you can develop like kind of like an elevator pitch for your story like a short version of your story I just love the way that it's framed here um with Pastor Chris he took the Thailand team some of you I know Dylan and Tammy were on that team they went to Thailand and the missionaries there they talked about having a hope story. So what can you do to share your hope story? How can you develop a hope story? So what a hope story is, it's just a story that simply says what Jesus has done in your life. You know, it's a short story. And maybe it's like, my life, I was really lost. And then somebody invited me to church and I started coming to church. I met some awesome people, got plugged into a small group. And then I was realizing, I have joy. I have joy again. Or like the freedom testimonies that we shared like a few weeks ago when Donnie's like, I I was driving and I'm like more patient. I don't want to yell at people anymore. You know, that's what God has done in my life. Or maybe God sent a miracle in your life. You were praying for a miracle baby and you got your miracle and and you're like, this is my miracle baby. Or maybe your marriage was restored. Or maybe you were praying for your child who, who walked away from the Lord and they came back and that can be part of your hope story that God is faithful, right? Everyone, everyone has a hope story. So church, my challenge for you is to develop your hope story, you know? Take some time this week and write it down because I know that the church is full of people who know that the hope that they have in Jesus, right? So always be prepared to share your hope story and pray for an opportunity to share it. And you don't have to be weird about it. Like we don't have to be weird Christians. It can be real life. It can be around the coffee machine at work, just saying what God has done in your life. And, um, you know, you can, you can be normal about it. The Holy Spirit will lead you. He really will. God just doesn't leave us on our own to share the good news about him. He equips us. He is with us. But the world sure needs to hear about hope. Amen? So develop your hope story, church. I can't wait to hear these hope stories. The church is a house of hope. You know, there's a beautiful, amazing couple who uh, go to our church, and they um, one day they were just out doing dancing lessons. They were g- preparing for a wedding. And the wife, they were like, I don't know, tango or whatever, swing dance. It was some type of dancing. They were dancing. And the wife looks outside, and she sees a man just fall flat on his face outside. And she tells the husband, like, go see him. The husband's like, oh, my gosh, okay, I have to go talk to this drunk guy who just fell over. And so he goes, and he starts talking to this guy, and there's something about him and he's so broken and he's so lost and then um, the husband takes him out for coffee and starts to hear about his story 
And he found out in that, that day that that guy was planning to end his life that night. And so he got to share his hope story. He got to share what Jesus did in his life to this broken man. And you know what? He invited him to church. He came to church the next Sunday, and I met him. And he was, it was a little rough around the edges, but I was so happy that he was there. And then this man, this husband, he continued to keep meeting with this man and discipling him. And last year, this man got baptized. And he got baptized, and then he invited someone else to get baptized. was like, you need to get baptized too, you know. And um, they got baptized. And, yeah, you can praise God for that. And he was a and I saw him after his baptism. He was a completely different person. And that's what God did in his life because somebody shared their hope story with him. Change his life. How amazing is that? Praise God. So we offer Jesus to everyone. We hold on to hope. Number three, we call people to next steps. So let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Love and good deeds. This is how we reach this broken world, right? We are going to love this world and serve people and do love and good deeds, serve this community. This is how we shine for Jesus. So we got to encourage one another forward in love and good deeds, right? The Bible says spur, spur one another on. And I don't know, maybe some of you are cowboys. I did not grow up Western, um, but they have little things on their boots, right? It's a spur. So when they're on the horse, they can kind of kick the horse a little bit to get the horse going forward. Spurs are pointed and they're uncomfortable and maybe they are a little irritating, but they're productive and they move you forward. And remember, movement is required for spiritual growth. It really is. And so we're going to spur one another on, aren't we? Because you know what? Everybody has a next step. Everyone has a next step. And we say it again and again. We are a church of next steps. But sometimes, you know, taking a next step is a little uncomfortable, and you don't want to get spurred on. You like staying in your comfort zone. You like doing your Netflix marathons instead of doing the ministry essentials course and getting trained, right? You know, sometimes we need to embrace what is uncomfortable so we can move forward to where God wants us to go. You know, a few weeks ago, an 80-year-old woman came up to me, um, and she was like, you know what, you always talk about taking next steps, and the Lord is calling me to take a next step. I was like, oh, I want to hear it. She's like, I've been on the intercessory team for years and years, but God is calling me to pray for people, to lay hands on them. Can I join the prayer team? That's the next step I want to do. I'm scared, but I want to take this next step. And I was just like 80 years old, and she's taking a next step. Like, I was so inspired. She even emailed me after, and she was like, I was so nervous, but the Lord moved. I was able to pray for someone, and they, were, they went through exactly what I went through, so I was able to encourage them and speak words of life over them. And she was just so um, excited that she took that next step. So it's going to be uncomfortable, but what is on the other, uh, um, other side of that next step, right? So there's a secret about me. 
is I don't love change. I really don't. And you know what? I've worked at Coastline for 18 or 17 years. I've been there for 18 years. So you can kind of know that. I don't like change. And my old role at Coastline was very comfortable. Like, you know, I got to do next steps and baptisms and, and lead people to the Lord and oversee small groups. And it, and it was fun. And, and, but it was pretty comfortable. And the Lord, um, he, he wanted to move me out of my comfort zone as well. Me and, me and James, he's like, it's time for you to take a next step. And you know what? It's scary and uncomfortable, but God's promise, and I so feel it, is that he will be with you, right? Be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you. Jesus says he'll be with us always to the end of the age. So you can hold that as you are taking a next step. It's like, God is with me. And you know what? If you don't feel equipped, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And you are called. No matter what age you are, no matter who you are, no matter how busy your life is, God has a next step for you. So I'm going to spur you on, church. And I, I was meeting with Sheila this past week. Sheila's so awesome. She, like, yeah, we love Sheila. Hey, she helps this church run. And she was like, I'm a little scared to talk to you because you're going to maybe push me to take a next step. I'm like, that's exactly what I'm going to do because I'm going to help you take next step. I'm going to spur you on. But imagine what would happen if everyone took a next step. If, if our parking team was full, that we were able to like be down at, that, at the stadium and welcoming people to church and sending them up here. That our kids team was full with people welcoming people in. That maybe we grow to two services. Like, whoa, that would be crazy. But we need people to take next steps so we can reach the West Shore, right? The empowered people, right? We're taking their next step, reaching people for Jesus. What can you see? Like, I can just see so much, and it just gets me fired up. So take some time this week also to pray about the next step that God has for you. Because he's giving you gifts and talents and abilities to make a difference in this world. No matter what season you are, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, he's giving you gifts and talents to make a difference in this world. And if you don't know those gifts or talents, we would love to equip you. You can come to Grow Track next month or start it online. You do spiritual gift tests. And we get to help equip you to make a difference in this world because he has so much in store for the West Shore. All right, so number four is we create community. So Hebrews 10.25 says, Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So like I said, the writer of Hebrews was encouraging church. He says, no, no, don't not meet together. You need to keep gathering together. You're facing persecution right now, but now more than ever is the time to gather together. In a new season, now more than ever is the time to gather together. It is important to gather together as the church. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul calls the church the ecclesia of God. And that's a Greek word defined as a called out assembly or congregation. And we are the church when we come together, when we congregate, when we assemble. And something special happens when we gather together. You know, we become a community. We become a church family. 
multi-generational, multicultural. That's what I love about this church. There's all generations, all cultures, and it is so beautiful. That's what heaven's going to look like, friends. It's so beautiful. So we gather in a large group on Sundays, right? This is a large group. And we gather in small groups throughout the week. Both are important because we get to be encouraged. And I don't know about you, but something encourages my spirit when I go into church and I look around and I see other people worshiping Jesus. I'm like, I'm not alone in this walk of life. I'm not alone in this season. I have brothers and sisters with me. I have people who've gone before me. I have people who I can help lead. I am not alone. It's so special to gather together. And then in small groups, if you're in a small group, you know how vital it is, how important small groups are, where you can just be yourself, you can share honestly what you're going through, you can take off the mask, you can get prayer, you, people can pray for you, and then you can pray for others and encourage others. It's so beautiful. We need the church because we can't do life alone. You know, the enemy wants to isolate us so he can assassinate us right? He wants to tell us those lies. And when we gather together, we can say, you know what, this is what I'm feeling. And someone's like, that is not the truth. This is what God says who you are. This is what God says about this situation. He is faithful, you know? So let's gather together so we can be stronger together, not giving up meeting together, encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And that day is when Jesus returns because he will return for his church, for his bride. He's coming back. So we need the church now more than ever through this season of transition. We need the church. We need to gather together to be unified. We need encouragement now more than ever. We need to be the church because this world needs the church. They need Jesus and they need the church, the body of Christ empowered. Amen. And it's not just for us, it's for future generations too. When we make church a priority, it sets an example to our families. And if we don't prioritize church, our kids won't prioritize God. We gotta make church a priority because we are raising up future leaders. And so let's help them get passionate about building the church and being the church, amen? You know, last summer I received a My Decision form, and this is from this beautiful young woman, and she just said, you know what, I want to make a decision to surrender my life to Jesus. She was the first Christian in her family. Her family lives in another country, and her husband is there. He comes back and forth, and I was able to pray with her, to encourage her, and then I got to see her start taking some next steps. You know, she, she was watching online, so she started coming to church in person. And then she started taking another next step and just growing. She did grow track. She just did all these things. And then she started to share the gospel with her family. And then she, and she's pregnant. I remember praying for her baby and everything's okay. There was something that was maybe not okay, but God healed and everything's okay. And she made the decision to get baptized. And this was a big decision from where she's from. And her, her mom watched online, her family watched online, her husband watched online. And I remember as we were baptizing her, she went down into the water, then she came back up. And God just spoke so clearly that said, this decision that she is making is going to set a new trajectory for generations. 
her decision to follow Jesus is going to impact future generations. She's having a daughter. So, you know, she, like, there are, it's going to impact her family for generations beyond generations because she stood up and said, I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm going to give my life to him. I'm going to get planted in the local church, and it's going to impact future generations. Psalm 92, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. And they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Don't you want to live a life that is flourishing, friends? Don't you want to live a life that, you know, isn't just boring? Don't you want to live a life where you get to take next steps and make a difference for Jesus? Stay planted in the church, friend. You will bear fruit. That's what the word says. In old age, you will be fresh and green. And I see so many people who are older and they are serving God. And I'm always so inspired. And I know that their life is bearing fruit. So stay planted in the church. That is where we are going to flourish. Because this city, West Shore, needs Jesus, right? This island needs Jesus. So let's be the church. Are you ready to be the church, friends? Are you ready to spur one another on? Let's be the church. So let's pray right now. Every eye closed in this room. You know, as I was talking, maybe some of you need Jesus. Maybe you want to make that decision for the first time and you want to invite him into your heart. Or maybe when I was talking about hope, you don't feel you are in a hopeless situation right now and you need hope. We're going to ask God to restore hope because he is faithful. We're going to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Or maybe you're feeling spurred and you want to take that next step, but you need some courage. Or maybe you just want greater community. You want that sense of belonging. It's time to dive in, friends. It's time to stay planted. So Jesus, as I talked over these categories, you know every single person in this room, Lord. You know every single heart in this room. You know what they're going through, Lord. And God, I pray for those right now who want to give their life to you, to start that journey with you, to take their first step, to take salvation, God, to um, just grasp what you have for them, Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to hearts right now, God, that they would give their life to you, Jesus, and that you would transform their life, God, because of what you did on that cross. We are so thankful, Jesus, for your freedom, for the hope that you bring, for the love that you bring, for the life that you bring, that abundant life, God. And God, I pray for those who are in a hopeless situation, Jesus. We thank you that you are faithful, that you are a God of miracles, that you are a God of restoration, that you are a God of hope. So God, we pray for every hopeless situation right now. Speak your hope into it. God, encourage our hearts to share those hope stories, Jesus, where we can share with this broken and hurting world what you have done and give glory to you. And Jesus, for those who want to take a next step, God, I just pray, Lord, that you would spur them on, Holy Spirit, that you would help them and guide them to take a next step, Jesus. 
And for those who are just feeling um, lost here, God, I just pray for belonging to come, Lord. Whether they join a small group, Lord, whether they meet someone here, Jesus, or go out to coffee with someone where they can feel like they belong to a church family. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, how good you are, how great you are. We thank you, God, what you're doing. We thank you, God, that you will carry us forward through this season, Lord. Because who knows what you have in store. So God, build your church. Equip your church today. We love you so much. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can stand. We're going to sing right now. We are going to be the church.